Okay, one other question. Why, if you go to a drive-in? Oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to bring that up on this. <laughs> no, got, come on. No, no, let him. Young, let her, no, let her bring it up. Let her bring it up, Travis. Let her bring it up. No, she is your mother. Listen to your mother. <laughs> go ahead, Lisa. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Michael. Yay! It's a me. It's a Mario. It's it's a Michelangelo. It's a Michelangelo. No, that is not my name. Um... So listeners may re- uh, realize that I sound a little different on this episode, and that's because you don't I'm sound sh- that much different. Eh, I sound a little bit different, yeah. uh, but that's because I am sharing a microphone now because I have a very special guest in the room with me recording on the same microphone as me, and that is my mother, Lisa. Hello, everybody. Gotta keep him on his toes. You do. And Travis, I'm just warning you now. Just because your mom's on the recording does not mean I'm going to be pulling any punches. That's the best part of the thing. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Look, Michael, you you have been such a pain in the butt lately that I had to call my mom in (laughs) to... Come and set you straight. Um, he had no. to tell it. He had to tell his mommy on me, listener. <laughs> uh, no. So the reason my mom is on this episode is because the movie we are talking about, she is a big fan of and has been a big fan of for a long time. So uh, when we get to it, she's going to have a lot of opinions on the movie. Well, I'm I'm glad. I'm I'm glad that uh, Lisa, I'm hoping you have much better opinions than Travis. In fact, you may actually become the new co-host of the podcast after it's over with. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't have the energy or the time for this much stuff. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, I th- I thought I would offer. <laughs> she don't want to she don't want to mess with you, Michael. She don't want to be on the podcast with you. No, um, I just don't want to have to do any work. <laughs> Well, that's fair. I don't have to do any work either. So we're in the same boat. And that's why I do all the work. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, getting into our episode today, uh, we've got some news to talk about. So I think it is time for us to cue the beady beady. Yep. Let's cue the beady beady. And the first bit of news is talking about Godzilla versus Kong. So it is projected to gross $395 million globally after tomorrow, which would be today as of the day of recording. So by the time you hear this, uh, it may have crossed $395 million, which will officially place it ahead of the $387 million total that Godzilla King of the Monsters got. And it did that. In with in a much shorter time span than King of the Monsters did it. Did it in a shorter time span with less theaters with competition from HBO Max? Yes. 
Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, it hasn't even hit Japan yet. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I didn't look at when I, it was coming out in Japan. I, I know it hasn't it, hit France yet. It hasn't hit France yet. I knew that. And it, it hasn't hit Japan yet. I think it comes out in Japan and I don't, I don't think it comes out in Japan until May. Hmm. hmm. So we're probably looking at, I was talking with our friend Danny earlier today and, um, we're probably looking at it hitting, uh, I'd say over $400 million, uh, before the end of April, maybe, or maybe leading into early May. Yeah, yeah, and that's amazing. It is amazing that it, it has in during a global pandemic, with competition from streaming services, in less uh in less theaters, it has made more money than the previous movie that had everything going for it. It just validates everything we've been saying about this franchise from day one. Hashtag continue the monsterverse. Hashtag continue the monsterverse. Yes. So yeah. Hashtag hashtag Godzilla versus Kong is better than Shin Godzilla. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I'm not touching that with a ten foot fault. <laughs> <laughs> let me let let me be the lightning rod for that yeah. uh, for that hashtag. What amazes me is the theaters around here, they're not even open except on the weekend. That's all. Even if the kids were out of school on spring break and everything, the only days they're open is the weekend. So it could have been higher in, you know, in other places. I know it's that way in other places, too. So it could have even been higher if it, the theaters would have been open the whole week. Is that just because uh, you guys have a little bit stricter COVID re uh, restrictions than we do? Because our, our theaters, our theaters have been open. Our theaters are open like all week long. At least the two major, the the, th the three major theaters, uh, the Huntington Cinemax, the Charleston Marquee, and uh, the Tays Valley Cinemax. They're all. Uh, they've all been open like all week long for the last several months. So I'm just curious if you guys just have stricter rules than we do. The state doesn't have any stricter rules. In fact, ours is one of the most lax states when it comes to mm -hmm. COVID um, gotcha. regulations, but maybe the, the, uh, the theater itself might have some stricter rules. Yeah, it's a Cinemark. So I yeah. wouldn't even say it was company wide because you had two Cinemarks, you said. Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, it's got to be the, just the, the manager or whatever at the, <coughs> oh, excuse me, the manager at this theater that's um, it's got it like that. But yeah, it's it's weird, but yeah. So if if other theaters, you know, if theaters had been open, if there were <clears throat> uh, more theaters open during this, you know, if we weren't going through a pandemic, just imagine what this movie would have made. Mm, well, okay, so this is probably a debate for later, but I have seen a lot of people argue online that the only reason this movie is doing it as well as it is because it is a pandemic. And so if we'd have had like a regular release schedule, say competition from Marvel, Disney, and yada, 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 um, maybe Godzilla versus Kong would have been an afterthought for people. But since this is the literally, I think, the only Hollywood blockbuster out there and because people are starved for that experience that's why this is doing so well but you know yeah. I'm just I'm just genuinely happy that people are are going and that people are enjoying it and it seems it seems like more and more every time I go out I was out and about yesterday um 
And it seems like more and more I see like all the Godzilla versus Kong merchandise hitting the shelves in random freaking places. Like I was in Kroger yesterday and saw some Godzilla versus Kong stuff. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, maybe it isn't just a fluke. Well, I was in Walmart. I went to the toy section to look for one particular thing I've been trying to find. And the shelves were just about bare on this one aisle. And so I asked the guy, I'm like, what's going on? He said, this is where all the Godzilla versus Kong stuff was. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. At, that's, how, that's how it is, at least my local Walmart. Uh, I was in there today and I went back to the toy section just because I got curious because I'm sorry, Elijah, I've not been able to find your Mecha Godzilla. Um, and there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing back there for Godzilla versus. Well, I take that back. There was one Playmates toy. Uh, it was the, um, I think it was the. It, I think it was the very first Kong figure with the with the battle damage. That was all they oh, had. Yeah. yeah, I still. If you if you or anybody uh, <clears throat> sees a, a the Walmart exclusive Funko Pop, uh, the blue Godzilla, that's you know the City Lights one. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I need that because I pre-ordered the purple monkey, but I need the Godzilla, the blue Godzilla. If if I see one, I will let you know, and I will grab it, and I will ship it to your house for only a double the markup. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fair. All right, moving on to the next bit of news. The world's first permanent Godzilla-themed ride has been announced. The new attraction is officially called Godzilla the Ride, Great Kaiju Decisive Dominance Battle, and will be available at the Seibuen Sabuin Amusement Park in Japan beginning May 19th. It sounds like you have a speech impediment. Sabuin. 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 What does that look like? Huh? What is that ride going to look like? Uh, it, it, I can look it up. Um, I don't think there's actual images of the ride yet. I think it's just concept art. There we go. That's that's the, the concept art that I was looking okay. at. See, it's um, over here. An app and it showed it, they had a great big King Kong and they had one of the, it's like a train car or, you know, something like that. And you sit in it in front of Kong and he, then they start the ride and it's like Kong's picking you up and it flips the car upside down and raises you up in the air and throws it all around and stuff. It looks so cool. That's not the con. That's not like the, uh, uh, isn't the, did Travis, didn't they just redo a ride at Universal, like a Kong ride? Didn't they just rebuild um, one? A few years ago, yeah, they they um they put the they put Kong Skull Island in Universal. Ah, that's uh, right. Yes, and I know confrontation. And I know there is a Kong display at the top of the Empire State Building too. Uh huh. Um. So this looks like it's going to be one of those um. I they have a name for them, and I'm not big into the uh, theme park, but it's one of those ones that you sit in a car and it rides around, and you have stuff happening around you. Like it's screens all around you. Yeah, it's what it looks like. But yeah, here's oh the yeah, park. they this use. Is- yeah, I don't like those either. In fact, the movie that we're going to be discussing had a similar ride. Yes. Yeah. No, they they didn't have the, they they had a um they had a thing where you sit in a theater, and it and it happened on stage at Universal. Mm-hmm. I thought you either rode through it or walked through it. Something mm-hmm. they did have a part where you walked through some stuff. 
Yeah. No, you, you they had a, where the line was, but no, I, I think your mom no. is correct, Travis. I think you need to not argue with your mother. Your <laughs> <is correct. laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So this, this is interesting. Um, what's interesting is that uh, with the concept art for this ride uh, in Japan, that the, the Ghidorah is kind of legendary. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit, you know, kind of different legendary design from the mm -hmm. movies, but then the Godzilla is not the legendary uh, monster verse Godzilla. It's a completely new Godzilla design. Yes. So I wonder it if is, that's going to carry over into the actual ride. I'm curious because it's legendary ish, but it's not legendary. Right. Like, yeah. It's it, I'm, but I'm, what I'm also curious about is if, if Toho doesn't have something, if Toho doesn't have something cooking with a live action film, and this is what we're looking at, maybe. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. So, uh, so yeah, this is exciting. I mean, if we once it comes in May, if we're over in Japan, yeah. uh, <laughs> I want to see it, and I want to go to Owaji Island. Uh, I wonder how far Sabuin. Japan is from Awaji Island. Uh, anyway, anyway, we'll figure it out. I don't know. Anyway, but but yeah, I, I just I, that's another another one of the things that we can add to the Godzilla bucket list if we if we ever get to go to Japan. Right. Well, that's it. That yeah, that is a goal just to get to go to Tokyo. I know I I have acquaintances that have been. They say it's a wonderful place to go. In fact, our friend Danny has been over to Japan before, and um, he says it's a it's an awesome trip. That it, you know, it's like a once in a lifetime big. It's like a once in a lifetime deal. <laughs> it's what it feels like. So, and I think he's been over there. Don't quote me, Danny, but I think he, I think he's been over there a couple times. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next bit of news. The first teaser trailer for Ultraman Trigger, New Generation Tiga, has been released. The new series will premiere in Japan on July 10th, 2021. I have not heard, and I didn't didn't really do a deep dive, but I have not heard anything about them simulcasting this like they did for Ultraman. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, they did it with, it was unless, unless they just didn't like the experiment with, with, with Ultraman Z or Ultraman Z, uh, which I don't imagine them with the success that that was, I don't imagine them not doing that. Yeah. Ultraman Z or Ultraman Z was, uh, was super, uh, successful super popular mm -hmm. uh then they also did the the little mini show in between which was a uh, heroes whatever odyssey thing um, right that they did too that they also simulcast on there so uh so they i don't see why they wouldn't but i have not heard anything about them simulcasting i but maybe i just missed it um but if they are simulcasting then this will be really interesting this is kind of interesting that they're bringing back elements from Tiga because Tiga has kind of been missing from Ultraman for a few years. Well, Tiga is one of the more po one of the most popular Ultraman series, if I'm not mistaken, right? Tiga is one of the most popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was the first of the Heisei generation, and mm, yeah, that's right. Kind of was super popular. It even yeah. made it over here to the states uh, at it the did. time. So, yeah, so I, I think that that's really interesting that they're bringing Tiga, but it's just like, it seems like for the last few 
generations of of Ultraman, there's they're just they haven't really referenced or had anything to do with Tiga. And it's like mm-hmm. if it with it being so popular, you'd think it would be more, you know, in more things. Um, have you seen this trailer, Michael? I have actually. What did I you have. think? Um, <laughs> it was just a lot of jumping and um motion shots it didn't really show a whole lot at least the one i saw um it just kind of showed off it just showed off the trigger design or ultraman tiga next gen design um but not much else yeah i actually did not watch this trailer (laughs) i am a really bad host of this podcast i mean it looks like it looks fun it looks like there's going to be a lot of the same uh really dynamic cinematography that we got with uh z um i'm curious now as to how it's going to tie in with z or if it is going to even tie in with z or if it's just going to be its own standalone thing it would just be kind of, I'm just kind of curious about all that. And I'm like you, I'm kind of, I had to do a quick little Google search to just see if any updates have been given on if, uh, if they're planning a simulcast or anything like that. And I can't see anything, although I'm of the opinion that it's, it's sort of a missed opportunity if they don't, uh, I'm not sure right. why they wouldn't do that. Right. And, and we've got, I mean, it, it's supposed to premiere in Japan July. So we've got until July, they could announce it at any point between now. Right. And now. We've got plenty of time. Yeah, so so we just we haven't heard anything yet about simulcasting. Um, so, uh, Mom, uh, do you have any opinions or thoughts on Ultraman Trigger? Don't know nothing about him. Yeah, don't know, <laughs> don't know anything about Ultraman. No, uh, Ultraman. The only thing I can say is bring back Juggler. Bring back Juggler. Hashtag no one, bring no, back Juggler. No, no one needs Juggler. Juggler's no. Oh, no one no. needs Juggler. Juggler's uh, Juggler's overrated, Travis. You know that. Juggler's been in. Well, he's uh, he's been in a few Ultraman series, so I mean, it, it's like, yeah, maybe time to move on. But still, no, bring back Juggler. I love Juggler. Common Rider W. <laughs> that's another one. Uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, that's what I, I I think I told Eric or Alex from Monsters vs. Men. No one has ever accused me of not being passionate. Uh, that's true I, 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 I do I, I do have to give it to you buddy you are very very passionate about the things you love and so that's one of the reasons why I like you because your passion is infectious I am an enthusiastic person um, so um, yeah we'll on. go with that yeah <laughs> yeah I've absorbed a lot of information riding in the car with him on the paper route so a lot of this stuff that I've learned from Godzilla and all this stuff. I never watched any of this stuff as a kid or growing up or um, even when I was with my ex, you know, he'd watch them and stuff. Never paid any attention to any of them. Never watched them really. I have watched so many Godzilla movies now and I actually can answer questions about some of them and know stuff about some of this stuff and I'm like, oh, I have been hanging around Travis so long now. Well, that 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 brings up an interesting question that I have now since you since you brought it up. So, Lisa, since you've watched all of these movies with Travis and you've absorbed all of this information from Travis's ramblings uh, for hours and hours and hours, just me, me scrolling and, on the walls, just writing out yes. you know different things. Yes, 
so what is your impression of this franchise in general as just a casual to not so casual viewer? Um, personally, now I actually like watching the movies. Okay. Um, now, to know the difference between Heisei and, you know, the different um, things like that, you know, errors, I probably couldn't tell you. Uh, I know who the monsters are. I know the ones I like, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, I just get into the idea of watching, you know, the ones in the suits, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I, that amazes me because now he's filled me in on all the stuff behind the scenes of all of that. So it makes it more interesting to me now. Well, as Lisa, as long as you and I can agree uh, that uh, Godzilla versus Mothra from 1992 is the worst of the Heisei films, then you and I can be friends. Uh, she loves no. Mothra. <laughs> she is one of my favorites. loves <laughs> Mothra. <laughs> Anything that has Mothra in it, she That's loves. That's what got me started watching it to begin with, was Mothra. <laughs> well, we all have to enter somewhere, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she loves Mothra. Any other movies with Mothra, she is on board with. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, it's a two-way street because I also like she, her and my grandpa will start talking to me about football when football starts, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, this player's doing this," and I know that I know that this player. Well, well, didn't he get injured in the last game? What? And I don't follow football. I don't watch the games. I don't do any of that stuff. But I know all this stuff because they constantly talk to me about it. <laughs> you so. you know enough. You're like me. You know enough to be dangerous and to hold a conversation, but. To be a diet to like if it, when you start digging into stats and player history, I don't have a clue. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not into all the stats and all that. I like the players I like, and that's, you know, I don't worry about their stats and stuff like that. I just, but I like the teams I like, you know. And so she's a jock who just who just decided <laughs> to downgrade her, her herself to hang out with us nerds. Well, I can I can I can I can wholeheartedly say that I am a Steelers fan. So I hope that does Ooh. not offend people. <laughs> There's several of those on the paper out. So, yeah, I've thought a couple of times about putting something in their paper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 all right. All right. Let's, let's just move on to the, the, the rest of the news. So, uh, we got a, an official confirmation on this, Michael, and I want your opinion on this. <sighs> okay. The new creature, the creature that everyone was arguing about, whether this was, uh, um, whether this was going to be Titanosaurus or not has finally gotten a name and mm -hmm. it's officially called Godzilla aquatillus it's not titanosaurus i'm trying my best to reserve judgment until i see the until i see the thing i have been i know i have i have been watching a few of them online already as they release uh when i can catch them but i'm waiting until i am able just to sit down and watch the entire series front to back uh when it comes out on Netflix in June and oh, I'm so unhappy with that. I get it. I get it. It's, but why? Like you've got Anguirus, you've got what looks like Gabara, you've got Rodan, you've got 
presumably what is going to be Megalon and possibly Gigan, and then you've got Jet Jaguar. Why the heck did they have to do the do our boy dirty and just not call him Titanosaurus? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, here's what I'm wondering, and I, I've only watched the first episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if their explanation of this, because this is based on uh, on an old concept of yeah, uh, it is. That's true of Godzilla of um, what Godzilla would have looked like before he mutated uh-huh. into the creature that we know as Godzilla. Um, <clears throat> so I'm wondering if they're trying to do something like that in the show. Again, I've only seen the first episode, so I don't know of uh, maybe this is what Godzilla looks like naturally. And then he mutates into the Godzilla that shows up in the actual show. Yeah, but why make it so closely resemble Titanosaurus and do like the old bait and switch similar yeah. to an similar to another uh, Toho Godzilla anime series that shall remain nameless? Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know that's that's the that's the only thing that kind of gets me about that. That my theory of that is that the coloring it's red mm-hmm. and has yellow markings on it. It has the right. fins and everything. It has the and fins. Even, it has the fins. It. it has the tail fan. It has the little the what appears to be the tendrils coming out from his forehead, just yeah. like our, just like the boy Titanosaurus. Uh, if it has Titanosaurus's roar, I'm gonna freak. If they don't like that, that is that is that is not right. And I know. Well, Elijah then it, okay. If it has the Titanosaurus roar, then it's then I agree with um, who is I think it was Chris from Gargantucast who was like, if it walks like a duck, looks like a duck, and sounds like a duck, it's like we're gonna call it Titanosaurus whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, the fan the, the fan base is gonna call that thing Titanosaurus, and they're and uh, the majority of the fan base is already calling it Titanosaurus. Now you're gonna have a few people that want to correct you, which is fine. That people are entitled to their wrong opinions, but that is <laughs> that is Titanosaurus. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, mom, now you've been while we're sitting here looking at pictures of both titanosaurus because i know you don't know him necessarily by name you know what uh, so you're looking at titanosaurus and you're looking at this this monster from godzilla singular point what do you think well i don't know i mean <clears throat> want the the new one is on the ground but it's in the water he's, yeah. yeah but i mean he's not upright right and so but he's got fins and not single finger fingers whereas uh, titanosaurus has actual ind- individual fingers true. true true yeah we'll give you that yeah uh and and i i do have to give it to him too that the dorsal plates on the back of him is more of a godzilla and not the titanosaurus fins but you do get the fins on this tail yeah everything head. else is yeah the only godzilla the only thing really that that resembles godzilla about this design uh, is the dorsal plates on the back. Now, um, in the face, it does look similar to the singular point Goji or whatever. I can't remember what the official like name for this like, Godzilla is. The, uh, uh, ultra, ultra Goji or something like that. Ultra, Go- ultra Goji. I think you're right. I think it's Ultra Goji, Ultimate Goji, Ultimate Gold. Gosh, I can't I, shoot. I can't even talk. Yeah. Um, but Godzilla Ultimate, I think it's what it is. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it, I can see it. It's It's got a similar face to Godzilla Ultimate, and it's got the dorsal spines on the back, so there is continuity there, but everything else screams Titanosaurus. So it's just sort of, I don't it would not, understand. It would not surprise me if they did change its name to something else, or, or like you said, fans start calling it Titanosaurus, whether you like it or not. Um, I... Uh, I'm wondering if the, cause this, the, uh, a Godzilla Aquatilis, uh, kind of sounds almost like a scientific name. I wonder mm -hmm. if it kind of maybe is like how the Titans in the MonsterVerse movies have <clears throat> names. Oh, like, like Titanus Mosura and Titanus yeah. Gojira. Yeah. yeah. So, so I wonder if it's going to be something like that. Um, but, uh, the reason why, and I'll, I'll do this mainly for mom's sake, but the reason why we, a lot of people were thinking this is Titanosaurus, uh, even though it doesn't look exactly like, you know, the original one is because they have redesigned some of the other monsters to look a little bit different. Like this is the design for Rodan. I'm going to show her, you know, Rodan and you, I don't know if you know who Rodan looks yeah. like. And so it doesn't look anything like what classic Rodan looks like. So, so they're changing the design of some of these monsters to look different already. So, you know, it wouldn't be that far fetched to say, well, this is just the new version of Titanosaurus. But. Now I will say something that I've been finding a little interesting because Jack G man on Twitter uh, has been posting photos or screen grabs of singular point episodes that do feature what we would consider the classic Toho creatures. Like I saw one with like classic Jet Jaguar and classic Kiryu and classic Manda and classic King Shisa or King Caesar. Um, like there are, there are those images out there. So I'm really curious as to what they're doing here. Like, are they, are, are, are all of those creatures supposed to be mythological or, and then these are the actual creatures uh, that are living. I don't know. Don't know. Don't have a clue. It'll just be really interesting to see what they, what they do with the series. Uh, I do. I know a lot of people have a problem with the whole, with the whole paleo um, uh, concept behind it. I don't so much have a problem with it. I think it's an interesting take on the franchise. It's an interesting take on the characters. Um, and again, I'm going to have to just, I'm just going to have to reserve full judgment until I see it in its entirety, because I can't just, I can speculate here all day, but it's just it. Yeah, there's it really does no good until I see the creature in action or at least watch the anime to right, find out what yeah. their reasoning is. Right. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, call it whatever you want. If it's if it looks good and, and it's and it's an awesome thing in the show, I don't care. It's yeah, like, but it's still long, Titanosaurus, so they're wrong. Yeah, it's uh, um, and we will get to see. We will get to see how it turns out in Godzilla Singular Point because the last bit of news that we were talking about is we got an official release date for it on Netflix. So it's it's currently airing, or at least it's aired a few episodes in Japan, but internationally it's going to be released on Netflix in June. Okay. So we will get to see Godzilla Singular Point in June. Um, but people with VPN have already been watching a few episodes here and there from Japan. That's how I got to see the first episode. Yep. So, uh, so exciting, exciting news. We're gonna get it to is. See I'm, I'm excited. I know a lot of people were excited since sort of the hype uh, surrounding Godzilla versus Kong has died down. Now I know the, the, fan, the fandom is sort of waiting and wanting the next big thing. And so the next big thing, of course, is... Singular point. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, 
So that's it for the news. Uh, are we ready to move into our main topic? Yes. All right. Well, we like to ask trivia questions to hint to what our episodes are each week. And a couple of weeks ago, because we had to rearrange our schedules, uh, we asked the trivia question, Michael Crichton, who was the writer of Jurassic Park and everything, uh, Westworld, all that kind of stuff, uh, co-wrote what movie set in Oklahoma? And we got a few answers in. <clears throat> so starting off, we have from Nick Blackler, Twistar, the cow-throwing wind demon. <laughs> and he also sent us a picture that is fantastic. Nick, can I ask you a question? And you can you can at me on Twitter. You can direct message us on our on our Twitter account. Do you just have way too much time on your hands? <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. Okay, just wondering. Yeah, it looks awesome. It looks. Awesome. I love the little the the eyes I on the cow. Know. Yeah, to just like like what is happening? Um, we uh, the little tagline that says it'll blow you away. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we shared this picture. We retweeted it, and we'll probably share it again on uh, social media. But uh, so if anybody wants to see this picture, you can go check out our Twitter. Uh, we'll retweet it and so you can see it. But yeah, it's great. Nick Nick always gives us great, uh, funny answers. And I love it. Uh, Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault, Nathan Marchland. Marchland. Uh, Marchland sent in Sooner World, the almost forgotten second sequel to the original Westworld. Uh, because mm. uh, Oklahoma is the Sooner State. So I think I would have rather seen the Longhorn, the Longhorns World. Longhorns world. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, Elijah. <laughs> yes. Um, well, do we have, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Do we, do, do we have, we read Elijah's every week. Do we have to read Elijah's this time or can we skip him? We might no, skip Elijah. No. <laughs> okay, let's just, now let's, let's, now let's skip Elijah's for now. We'll come back to that. What's the, uh, let's read Jimmy from Nasada's. No, no. Elijah said Yeti, a force of nature. <laughs> Uh, Elijah with the Yeti stuff. Oh. Uh, Jimmy from Nasada, uh, from NASA, NASA, however you want to say it. Uh, Jurassic World, Native America. It started this soon to be famous, starred, soon to be famous dinosaur. And I actually don't remember what the dinosaur was that he uh, sent me. So, Jimmy, don't. Give us visuals on a, on a audio podcast, even though we already did Nick Nick's that was also visual. Well, I was gonna say <laughs> it's, a, it's a little it's a little bit unfair to criticize Jimmy from Nasada or Timmy from Nasada or whoever this person is uh, for sending us a visuals that we don't that we didn't get or understand uh, when. Um, we had one of our favorite listeners, Nicholas Blackler, send us a visual, and we yeah. But gushed. see, that's the difference. Nick is one of our favorite listeners. Jimmy, oh uh, yeah. So I'm going to criticize Jimmy. Uh, You're right. All I want. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Okay, that's fair. We can move on. We can move. We we spent way too much time on Jimmy anyway. We can move on while I skim through Twitter here to 
remind myself of what dinosaur that was. And look, okay, we do have new listeners, and I want and and there's a lot of inside jokes here, so I want people to know Jimmy from NASA is the producer of the Monster Island Film Vault podcast. We are that we're we're teasing him because we know him, so we're not just being mean for meanness' sake. (laughs) I want I want people to to recognize that because I don't want people to listen to us and think we're just being mean to our listeners. (laughs) Well, I mean. You know, a little bit of a little bit of healthy tension never hurt anybody, Travis. <laughs> uh, Damon Noise uh, sent us Westworld Congo: Tales of the Timelines Coma. Uh, nice, nice mixture of all of the, or at least some of the uh, uh, Michael Crichton stories all mixed together. Westworld Congo timeline, all of that. It's great, great. Uh, Chris Deggle sent us Sharknado Zero before the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> now, now look, okay, Michael, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. We are covering this movie on our podcast, and we have come to the consensus that this movie counts as a giant monster movie. Does well, hang, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Why are you lumping we? Because I haven't come to any consensus yet. Okay, well, well, we have, we have, <laughs> we have, uh, okay. and, and it's two against one. Uh, Fair, but it, but it's, it counts as a giant monster movie. So, does that open the door for Sharknado to be counted as a giant monster movie? You know, I um, I was thinking about this the other day. Like I was, I think I was telling Nathan that I would like to start, like, I would like to just do like a, the, the random schlock film every now and then just to have something to laugh at. And Sharknado is not out of the question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's the, uh, what's the one that I always bring up whenever you say that, uh, Velocipaster. I, I want to do Velocipaster. Oh, you don't want to do Velocipaster. <laughs> no, Velocipaster, Velocipaster only exists for the purposes of a drinking game. <laughs> Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Uh, what was what was that movie that you watched that you were messaging me about a while back? Um, where the it was zombies and zombie dinosaurs, and they were, and the and the the zombie dinosaurs were attacking a nuclear place. Oh nuclear. God! Um, what was oh, that? I'd have to go look. I'd have to go back and look at my Amazon oh, okay. history. That I just. That oh geez, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I remember like, you messaging me about that. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds so bad. It was so terrible because it was like it was. I feel like it was one of those films, and I think the way you describe it is best. It's funny because they meant it to be a serious film. <laughs> yeah, I love those types of movies. I love those movies. That's why I'm not a huge fan of Sharknado. And I know this is kind of a tangent on all this, but but Chris, this is what you did to us. Um, <laughs> the reason I, I don't like Sharknado, I don't like um, the Birdemic and stuff like that, is because they set out to make a dumb, cheesy movie that is purposely mm-hmm. stupid, and it's like that's not as fun because then it's like, well, you're making fun of yourself. But you chose to do this. So why right. are you making fun of yourself for doing it? Like you chose Correct. to do that. Right. Um, but then uh, but then you have movies that are like where they uh, well, like um, the giant claw where uh-huh. they obviously tried to make a really good movie and they failed <laughs> so, so miserably. 
-hmm. and it is so brilliant for that and i love it so yeah yeah that's that's the type of movies i like i don't like just dumb for dumbness sake i like movies that where they tried there's an effort there and they failed Mm -hmm. Um, getting into some of the other answers, Raymond Martin sent us Cretaceous Corn Maze, The Raptoring. <laughs> thank you, uh, Martin. Raymond. Thank, thank you, Ray. Thank you, Ray Ray. Uh, uh, Crystal Lady Jessica sent us Okihoma Boomer, which is oh. supposed to be a play on OK Boomer. <sighs> Didn't work. No, didn't work. It didn't work. Sorry. Didn't work. Play it. Try, try again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, this is someone we know. No, we're not just being mean for meanness sake. Uh, because we're getting new listeners, and I want to make sure that they understand. All right, fine. I'll keep the I'll keep the jokes to a minimum. <laughs> I just want to make sure they understand. All right. Justin Baker said, "Congo, the thirteenth prey of Twister on the sphere." And that is a great, again, another great combo of a lot of different Michael Crichton uh, movies and books and stuff. I just love it. Love when they do that. Uh, and then finally, Alex Sperling sent us Twitter. Oh, sorry. Twister. <laughs> I think Twitter's a better monster. <laughs> yeah. Twitter's the real monster here. Uh, <laughs> Alex, uh, thank you so much for sending that. And you got the correct answer. So you get the no prize this week. Uh, and the name, the name of that movie, Travis, that I told you about was Jurassic dead. Oh yeah. Jurassic dead. <laughs> it was, there was, there was Jurassic dead. And then there was also a, a lovely little film from 2019 called, uh, Jurassic thunder. Uh, which was a war epic set in World War, I think it was like World War II um, with dinosaurs. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So I guess it was a play on Tropic Thunder, maybe? Or was that the Vietnam? That was the Vietnam War, though. No, you, well, yeah, but Tropic Thunder was a comedy. Um, yes. No, I, was, I was thinking of Days of Thunder because that's an actual uh, war movie. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, main topic, or, or, uh, or Sound of Thunder, which was an actual dinosaur movie. Yes, it was. Uh, Twister from 1996. <laughs> uh, the cast and crew includes director Jean Debont, Jean Debont, uh, starring Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, Jamie Gertz, Carrie Elwes, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and many, many more. Yes, so many. Yes. So many people in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Too many people in this movie. A lot of people. Uh, a lot of a people lot. that a lot of people that it was so many people, in fact, it was really hard to keep track of everybody. Yes. Uh and the plot breakdown is Bill and Joe Harding, advanced storm chasers on the brink of divorce, work with a ragtag group to deploy an advanced weather alert system by putting themselves in the crosshairs of extremely violent tornadoes. So now what is everyone's opening thoughts on this movie? Let's let's start with my mom. So what what are your opening thoughts? Now we're, we'll get into likes and dislikes in a minute, but what are your just opening thoughts on the movie? Well, I've always loved the movie, but I was always scared of bad weather. But I love the um, disaster movies and stuff like mm. that. So it was kind of, I liked being scared, but knowing I was safe. 
you know, so watching the movies and stuff. So that's the way I felt with this one. And so, um, but I don't know, it kind of has a lot of nostalgia for me because I've actually been through the water spout before and pretty close to actual tornadoes and several of the downburst and microburst. So I've seen what they can do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, we've survived really through a lot of hurricanes. <laughs> so <laughs> Lots uh, of hurricanes. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, I really love the movie. Uh, I just, I think it's so, to me, a lot of it is so real. Uh, Michael, what, what's your opening thoughts on the movie? I hadn't watched this in a, a good while. It's been it'd been a hot minute since I watched it, and I it it was a little slow to get going. I'll admit it was a little bit slow to kind of you know pick up the pace. There was a lot of characters being introduced uh, in very rapid succession. Um, but once the actual plot of the movie, once the main plot line of the movie got going, it was actually it felt a lot breezier. Uh, for I think it was almost two, over a two hour, an over two hour, about a two hour movie. It felt really breezy. Um, breezy. <laughs> that was uh, that was an unintentional pun. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, I feel like this movie has a little bit of an identity crisis um, because it wants to be a it wants to be an action thriller. Uh, suspense movie, but it also kind of wants to be a love story. Mm -hmm. um, so there is some of those identity crises, and we can get into we can get into it in more detail uh, later on. But I can kind of see why people would label this as a monster movie. It's what I was telling somebody earlier today. I was like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of the same old there's a lot of the same tropes that we find in monster movies in this movie um, that. I can see why people would, would classify it like Tokyo lives and others as a monster movie. Um, it's very loose. It is a very loose monster movie if you want to apply it. But, uh, yeah, the, you can tell that the director tried to give the tornado a personality. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's what I was want to get into with my opening thoughts. So, uh, we are doing, this is our left of center month. Mm -hmm. um so we this is where we do monster movies that you may not always think of when you think of monster movies and this is absolutely a movie that a lot of people do not think of when they think of monster movies <clears throat> but yeah i think it does fit like you said it has a lot of the same tropes that monster movies has it has a lot of you know the the elements that you see in monster movies and they really did portray these tornadoes as giant destructive monsters with personalities and they actually are vengeful <laughs> and like they are like going after uh Helen Hunt's character in this movie uh so yeah and they'll, they'll it, it's really interesting how close this movie is to a giant monster movie. Mm -hmm. And there is, there is a certain level of uh, suspension of belief too, in this movie as well, which is also something we find all we find in the giant monster genre. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll get into that too. I'm, I have some thoughts about an oil tanker versus a Dodge truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let's get into our, 
uh, positivity sandwich where we start with our positives. We then we do a few negatives. Then we end on some positives. Uh, so let's talk about some of our positives for this movie. Um, Mom, let's start with you. What are some positive things that you have for this movie? I absolutely love the music scenes. You know, like when um, Dusty is looking up his stereo system where it'll blare out the sound um, on the top of from outside his um, van. And then, you know, you get to the preacher and he's blaring, turning up the radio because he can't hear it over Dusty behind him. So he turns his up and he's just singing along. And then you get to the other ones in the um, the other vehicle. I forgot which vehicle they were in, but they were singing um, Oklahoma. And so, which I absolutely love that song in that movie too, you know. So I was just like, I love the music behind it. And then the music actually, the way it swells when the storm gets and, you know, kind of move, the, the move, movement of the music draws you in and out of the storm itself, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the, I think the score for this movie is really well done. You mm-hmm. know, not not just like the soundtrack that you have, like where it's actual actual songs playing in the background, but then the score of the music that you have for movies to kind of tell you what to feel in a certain scene. That's really well done. But then the entire sound design completely. So you have the the score, the the soundtrack, and the sound design of the 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 wind and the the storms and the lightning and the thunder and the and the tornadoes and the you know crumbling and crushing things and things flying around all of the sound works together to create this wonderful experience when you're watching this movie yeah it does i agree i i I like the sound design in this movie um i think it is like you said, Travis, it, it, it tells you, or, or gives you an indication of what to feel at any given moment in the film. And I think that's really the point of a good sound designer. It's really the point of a good score is to draw that emotion out of you. Um, the, before I get into my positive thoughts, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't like Bill Paxton as an actor anyway. Um, Hey, Hey, be very careful. The man died just a few years ago. I I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to be very respectful to Mr. Paxton. I, you know, RIP Paxton. Um, but I just don't care for him as an actor, but Helen Hunt is, is wonderful. Helen Hunt is a wonderful actress and I actually enjoy all the movies that Helen Hunt is in, even the rom-coms. So don't, don't, don't come at me. I do like rom-coms. Um, (laughs) but I like I said it, it it's been a it's been a hot minute since I uh watched this movie and I was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it you know by the time like once it got going and once it once the plot line really got intense I I enjoyed it a lot actually uh I'm really shocked that there's not a like a an actual remastered version of this out there because I remember this movie being huge uh, when it first came out. In fact, there's an entire universal ride dedicated to it. If it's still in operation, I have no idea. It probably isn't. Um, but yeah, I remember when this movie first came out and it was the movie, it was the movie to go see in that summer. I believe it was like that summer blockbuster level film. And, um, like, you know, the sound design, the design of the tornadoes, some of the CGI is questionable. Um, but it was 1996, so I'm not going to knock it too much. 
Um, yeah. So that that is something I did want to talk about too. Since and since you brought it up, I guess now's a, a good enough time. The CGI in it is a little dated mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't from the '90s. But at the same time, here's what gets me about this movie, and this is what I love about this movie: the practicals. The, the practical effects in this because so many people when they think of this movie they remember the tornadoes and this and the cgi effects like and the, the tornado yeah the cow the the tearing through the 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 cinema the, the outdoor theater uh the hell outshined by the actual practical effects because the practical effects are fan fantastic this is just amazing what they've been able to do with the practical effects to really make you feel like they are actually in a dangerous situation the oil the the gas or the oil tanker i couldn't tell if it was oil or gas honestly uh the oil the the the, the tanker truck uh that came flying that is at them in the in the dodge but um that is a mix of practicals and uh, CGI. It was CGI at first, and then they used a practical effect as well, um, which looked really good. It looked really believable. It was probably I'm sure I'm sure it was a miniature, but it looked really really good. Um, but yeah, the CGI is a little dated, but I'm willing to overlook that because you know it was the '90s and the CG and CGI in the '90s, even even what the United, even what companies in the United States were doing, didn't look right. fantastic. Yeah, and, and like I said, <clears throat> when you when you're watching it, the 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 moments that you might take away with you and remember are the big CGI moments because you get to see the tornado and stuff, but. But the moments in the film that really suck you in and make you uh, uh, unintentional, uh, um, unintentional pun there, um, that really make you feel like this is really happening and the, the characters are really in danger and really at risk of losing their lives. That's all pra- the practical effects are what do that more than and i think that's mm-hmm. just like the just like with jurassic park a few years earlier it's the way they used practical and cgi together that the cgi was used to establish here's the tornado here's what it's doing in the background mm-hmm. but the practical right. effects were the up close this is what's going to kill you type of things and the two combined mm-hmm. together make just a very very fun movie yes i agree Do you have anything you want to say mike not really um per se but um i just had a friend come over and my brother is fixing to build a house in tennessee in north tennessee Mm -hmm. um and um, my friend told me to make sure and tell him that everything that where they screw or build to make sure they screw everything instead of nail everything and he's like, I've already bought, all, you know, we're getting all the stuff for it. To, you know, the contractor knows he's supposed to nail everything, you know, is the way they do it because it's cheaper and saves money. I, and I tell him, I says, well, then you need to go back and watch Twister again and watch that scene with that um, little bridge thing that they ran into and how it just works that those nails up. It bounces until it works the nails up. Screws is, is a little bit harder, you know, because mm-hmm. you screw everything down. It has to turn it to get it up. And I thought that was so cool to watch, you know, how for them to show so up close how it worked to pull those boards off of there and everything. That was just amazing to me to watch them do that. 
So um, let's talk about some of the characters in this. We've talked about the practical effects. We've talked about the sound design and the CGI and stuff. Let's talk about some of the characters because there, like we said, there are a lot of characters in this. Are we talking about the human characters? Or are we talking? Are we going to add the tornado in as a character for this? <laughs> well, I mean, we can talk. <clears throat> let's let's split it up. Let's talk about the human characters, and then we'll talk about the monster afterwards. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Uh, one of the things about the the I. I think it's really interesting about this movie is if we're taking this as a monster movie and we know that a lot of people, Michael, you know, this. a lot of people in the community have been having the debate recently about how important are the human characters in a monster movie? Are they important or do you just want to see the big monster stuff? And this movie shows us why the human characters are important because there's the human characters are what carries this movie. Mm-hmm. They if, if if you didn't have these human characters, if you didn't have the characters in this movie, this would not be anywhere near as enjoyable it, as it is. It would be a tornado documentary. Yeah, it'd be right. a tornado documentary. And so uh even though I'm not 100 percent sold and I'm not 100 percent happy with all of the characters, mm-hmm. uh they all do work together really well. They do. Uh what do you think, Michael? And then we'll get my mom. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I liked, I liked Helen Hunt. I thought she was a good lead. Uh, I like Helen Hunt anyway. Uh, I think her character, her character, and this is probably a little, I don't know if this is a stretch, but I feel like she is sort of the Ahab character in this story. She's definitely the, she's definitely the Ahab. She's definitely the lead along. And then I would say that Bill is, I'd I'd say that she's the lead and then Bill is her co-star. Um, is the set is does the first co star or whatever? Yeah, and she definitely is Ahab. It's like you hurt me, I'm gonna hunt you down and take you. Yeah, out. because we got that opening scene in the movie where she's what five years old and then her dad gets sucked away in the in the tornado. Which yeah. I'm just a little bit like, okay, so, so I guess okay. we all have a problem so, with that scene. Yeah. <laughs> So why, so why is, why did her dad get sucked out, but they didn't? Yeah. Just a few feet away. Um, also, why does your storm shelter have like the same lock that you have in a public bathroom? Um, like, like your storm shelter in, in like these, these F5, potentially F5 deadly tornadoes has the same security as, as what I go when I go into a, a bathroom stall. In well, it was the sixties. It was the sixties. So we'll just, we'll just. We'll just chalk it up to ignorance and, and low technology. So we'll just say yeah. that. Um, um, one, uh, Just real quick, one little fun fact about that scene. That scene was not in the original uh, script and stuff for the movie. Uh, that was added by Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. said he thinks you know, he thought you should have done uh, have the father get killed by one of the storms. And and I'm, I'm going to let you finish in just a minute, Michael. But You're fine. I do say while that scene I don't like because it's really dumb the idea of killing off the father and then giving making Helen Hunt kind of the the Ahab character like we said is a good idea so I think that Steven Spielberg had a good idea I think the way they executed in the movie was really stupid um anyway so yeah you can continue now Michael. well that, that's basically what I was gonna say like the the idea is there the idea is good because it it gives it gives Joe the motivation to be who she is and to have this fascination 
like borderline obsession with tornadoes because it it stems from uh, a childhood trauma. So it makes a lot of sense that that she would that this would be going on. Um, and then I, I feel like one character that I liked was uh, Dusty. I really like Dusty. I like Dusty for the comic relief. Um, and you could tell that Dusty really kind of had a, had a, had a heart, especially like your heart just kind of, your heart kind of just feels a little happy when he, uh, what is it? Her name, uh, when he sees aunt Meg, uh, he's like, aunt Meg. And it's like, it's this sort of this warm family camaraderie between her and the rest of the storm chasers. Um, and although, although all of them act like a family, I think we pointed out that not all of them get enough screen time for you to actually care about them. And I know that Dustin Dusty was one that I actually cared about, uh, in the movie. And so, and so did I, and I also cared about, uh, what's her, fa- um, uh, shoot the doctor. Um, Melissa. Mel- yeah, Melissa. Um, <clears throat> I cared about Melissa's character. Uh, I cared about like the conflict, the, the, I don't know if you would, would you call it a love triangle? Because it was pretty, yeah. one, it was pretty one sided there for like toward the end, it was it was a whole bunch of um, Bill and Joe rekindling their romance while Melissa took a back seat to everything. And I thought like I I, I really wish they would have had more of that tension there between the three of them. That but she just kind of gave up. She was just she she went to bed one night. She was laying in the hotel room and she's like yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. And then she's just like, no, I'm not going with you. And that was it. There was none of that. I don't think there was enough payoff from, for me within that little subplot with the whole, with the whole divorce and, and things like that. It was, I feel like it was just wrapped up too neatly into a little bit and into a bow. Uh, I guess it was just wrapped up too neatly there for me. I thought it was, I thought there should have been more tension is probably what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because it, yeah, it is weird that they introduce that as a point of of tension between these characters, and and kind of as a uh, a point of conflict between <clears throat> uh, Joe and and Bill. But then they wrap it up so quickly and and so neatly that it's like, well, you know, could you have done it a little bit differently? Maybe, maybe didn't have a didn't have a, uh, a, a like he wasn't getting married but maybe he was pushing for the divorce because he's getting this new job and stuff i don't know i don't know it's just, yeah i'm with you it does seem like it it, it uh wraps it up kind of neatly um i want to i want to talk to mom a little bit about the characters so what what are your opinions on the human characters well i actually like the human characters um and just about all of them um you know to me had a major part in the um the movie to move it along um Mm -hmm. now melissa to me when they got um at the what is it a diner or whatever where Mm -hmm. they stopped and he um he got his tire fixed and she was talking to helen hunt and she says well i hope you're not doing this to win him back you know she's putting her foot down, you know, kind of in a way, you know, letting her know, look, I'm here, you know, don't mm-hmm. be coming after my man <laughs> type right. thing and, and everything. But, um, and the rest of the groups just kind of 
well, we don't know what to say, what to do. But then when they're arguing and they're fighting, oh, they're getting better at this, you know, and mm. and things like that. You know, you could see how the spark was still there between mm. them. And then how Dusty actually comes up and, you know, he feels the sympathy for Melissa when she overhears the conversation of um, Bill saying, you know, you got to see what's in front of you, you know, me and all this and she's overhearing it so you know he's there with holding the umbrella over her and you know you could see the affection and you know tenderness he had there so Mm -hmm. yeah that really you know made him stand out to me because when i first watched it the first time i didn't really care for him his character at all but his grew on me a lot as you know each time i watched it so now Mm -hmm. he's one of my favorite yeah i actually like him almost more than Helen Hunt's character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dusty. Yeah, Dusty's one of those ones that grows on you because like you said, like there are like he obviously is there for the comedic relief and he's obviously a very big and weird personality, <clears throat> but then you do have the moments of tenderness like you said mm. with Melissa, but also when when uh he's the first one to realize the storm was heading towards uh Aunt Meg's uh place and he when he tells them that and you can see the concern i mean it, it, it we're sitting here talking about philip seymour hoffman's one of the greatest actors that we've had in recent year you know in recent decades so i mean it's kind of weird to say oh you know he did a great this is a great character because philip seymour hoffman was a great actor so yeah he always he always plays those those big sort of larger and larger than life eccentric characters though <laughs> uh, he has played some very subtle, very uh, nuanced uh, ones too. Uh, but he is, yeah, he is known for being kind of a bigger, larger than life personality character. And I think one of the things that I that takes away from this movie is when you have so many characters and they all have different personalities and different big personalities. Yeah, they some of them did get left by the wayside. Like we mm-hmm. we were talking about um what's his name? Uh uh Lawrence, uh Jeremy Davies character, who is the one who basically is the cameraman. He he films everything and right. he's the one who hides in the truck when the tornado comes in the <clears throat> theater. Like you don't get much of him. Um I would have liked to have seen even more with um I think their name I think I'm looking, I'm going to have to remind myself of their names. I'm looking at IMDb here. Uh, Eddie uh, and uh, Jonas, Eddie and Jonas, the, the two, the two, the two rivals. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. Did we really need the evil storm chasers in this movie? I mean, a monster movie. You always do. You have the good people, the bad people, and then you have the monsters. Yeah, I mean that's not more than that much. (laughs) Yeah, that's and that kind of plays into the what I was talking about earlier about the tropes of of a monster and why this would loosely be considered a monster movie because there are those monster movie tropes in there and you know the evil rival is always a trope of a monster movie and i think were they unnecessary yeah kind of but it was i felt like they were their purpose was served where they were the slick um they were the slick uh corporate funded version of this ragtag team of uh, storm chasers. Right. And, uh, I think if I, in the, the, the tension for the tension between Bill and Jonas was that Jonas stole Bill's 
prototype is the right. way I is what I understood. Yeah. So I really, and like I said, I had been forever since I'd seen this. And what I would have personally wanted to have seen was Jonas launching his prototype and it failing. And then the one that Bill and Joe made actually succeed. That's right. what I would have wanted to see. Um, but we didn't get that. And so to a point, yes, they're useless, but they're there to create tension with, with Bill and Joe. Yeah. And both of you got a point that it's, it's kind of a trope of monster movies. So it does fit the monster movie mold there. Go ahead, Mom. Mm -hmm. Now, technically Jonas, his, um, device did fly because if you remember he was, um, they were heading and Bill and him told them to stop, you know, cause they could see the storm from where they were at and um he didn't they didn't stop they kept going and that thing came through and then the storm picked them up so when the storm picked them up it picked up their machine and everything that was inside their truck on the back of their truck so it blew and it fell well it fell and blew up yep, yeah that's, that's true it did fly you are you good 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 yeah. catch though lisa you did, you did. Um, <laughs> i just i, I just the thing that stuck out to me was how dare Jonas go for corporate sponsorship. <clears throat> this episode of Kaiju Weekly brought to you by Pepsi Cola, um, <laughs> who was a major sponsor of <laughs> Twister. Yes, because they made they made the little wings, the little pinwheels out of uh, 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 Pepsi Cola cans. Which, yeah, yeah. Pepsi was a sponsor for this movie, and so it's like. Uh, I think it kind of undercuts the whole idea of like the evil uh, storm chaser being so going corporate and, and stuff when you uh, when you're sponsoring, you get sponsors for your movie. And uh, if you but, notice, if you notice all the vending machines in um, in this movie are all Pepsi, like yeah. there are there is no Coke products, nothing to be seen uh, whatsoever yeah. in this movie, which is kind of funny. Never drink Pepsi. They always get coffee or they got two lemonades. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They never actually drink a Pepsi. Drink a Pepsi. <laughs> um, the only other thing I have to say about Jonas is it's still, I still can't get over Carrie Elwes's accent in this movie. <laughs> like he does uh, like, cause anybody who knows Carrie Elwes, like from princess bride and from other things that he's been in, uh, he is very British, very, very, very British. Um, and he does an American accent sometimes in some things that he's been in and he does okay. But this really, really weird Texas accent that he does is so <laughs> terrible. It's and so it's like, stereo. It's so stereotypical though. It's like yeah. what people, it's like what people think Texans sound like. And that's the, I even had that as one of the things um, with Eddie when he, some of the phrases that I liked and some of the things that was said. And one of the, my favorite things was when they're coming up um, behind um, Eddie and them, and he looks in his rearview mirror or side mirror and he sees them. He says, boy, howdy, you got to give it to him. And I was like, I love it. I love it. That's I just love that phrase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really great quotable lines in this movie. It's, it's really great. Um, Michael, you need to help me convince my mom that she needs to watch The Princess Bride. Oh, no. I don't like that movie anyway. Why would I convince your oh, mom? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my God. I finally. Uh, she has not seen it. Well, she doesn't even know if you'd like You don't know if you'd like <laughs> it or not because you haven't seen it. 
At least he's seen it and he says he doesn't like it. <laughs> I have seen it, yes. No, I don't want to. Uh, inconceivable. <laughs> um, anyway, um, let's talk about now, we, we mentioned it earlier. We're, let's talk about the monsters in this movie. Now, I say monsters because the one tornado is not, it, it, it's multiple tornadoes throughout the whole movie. So I don't know if you want to consider it one big storm as one giant monster or as each of the tornadoes as individual monsters. Uh, let's consider it as one combined mecha tornado. Okay. Okay. We'll okay. just do that. The, the, the mega, uh, the like Power Rangers Megazord. Yes. The Megazord yes, exactly. tornado. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what we're. Yes. Okay. It's exactly right. what we're doing here. Uh, so what do you think of the monster in this movie? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So it is, it was, it was beginning to be obvious to me uh, early on in the film. And it was blatantly obvious to me that this director tried to give the tornado a, po a personality. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that like a, like a villainous, like monster larger than life personality. And the reason I say that is the drive-in scene. If you notice, if you notice the drive-in scene, when the tornado finally hits that little community there, what scene in the show, what movie is playing, playing on the big screen? Yeah. The shiny. Here's what, Johnny. Exactly. What scene is it? What scene is, is, is happening as the tornado comes through? Here's Johnny. You know, that one, the Jack Nicholson, the the Jack Nicholson bursting his head through the door. And I was like, well, that's clever. That's a little clever. That's a little clever nod to this tornado being an actual villain. Um, and and the reason I said that this could loosely be considered a monster movie um, is because there is some level of suspension of belief in this movie uh, as well. I don't know how I'm not a meteorologist. I'm not a storm chaser, but I think that there are probably some people that with that profession that would probably take issue with some things in this movie that were done just for dramatic effect. Um, namely the scene with the uh, oil tanker. Uh, so it, it baffled me that this tornado could pick up a 12,000 pound uh, oil tanker, but a 5,000 pound Dodge Ram 1500 was unfazed. Yeah. Yeah. You see that a lot in this movie where like huge, heavy things are flying around, but yet the people standing there are not being yes. picked up or thrown around. And it's yes. like, uh, this, this seems a little weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, right. the, the, the part that where the, the tornado has a personality the most to me is there's two, there's two scenes where I feel the personality of the storm. And that is when they're, when the three, when the one tornado splits into three and they're on the bridge, that's where the, the, uh, the, um, cow, you see the cow go by mm -hmm. and you have it, the, the storm's just sitting there circling around them, you know, it's like not actually picking them up, not actually doing anything, but it's like it, the storm just stays right on top of them there for a few minutes and then dissipates. It's like you really feel like this the storm, the tornado was 
aiming for them and just wanted to scare them uh, and intimidate them. And then later on in the, the one where the tornado dissipates and disappears, and then they're like, oh, no, it's reforming. It's reforming. And then it comes back down on top of them and comes at them with even strong, you know, more force. It's like that. Uh, you really get the sense of the personality in the storm. And I love mm-hmm. that they used actual animal sounds for mm-hmm. the sound of the tornadoes. Cause it, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, yeah, my mom, she, she saw this in the trivia. And so she liked that it was a camel. Wasn't it? Was it camel? Yeah. yeah the sound of a camel that they used. And, I, and so I think that's just, that adds to the, this is a monster, not a, not nature. Yes. <laughs> or not, not weather. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That for the, smaller ones they it says they used a camel moan and then when it got to the really big one they added a lion's roar along with it to make now i could hear i could i could kind of hear the lion's roar in it or some kind of big cat roar um in that tornado because that did not sound like an actual tornado like wind blowing. I've like, I feel like a tornado like wind blowing at that velocity would have a very distinct noise that did not sound like a big cat. Yeah. 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 And, uh, uh, I was just, I just, the thought popped in my head. So, uh, twister tornadoes versus Godzilla who wins? <laughs> well, you know, okay. So it, it has been said that we can use nuclear energy to dissipate storms and tornadoes and hurricanes. So I'm assuming that Godzilla wins because he would just have to shoot his atomic breath into the tornado. Um, I will beg to differ there big time because um, they tried to do that with Hurricane Camille back in 69 when it was down here and it was um, coming into the Gulf and they dropped, you know, weapons into it to try to bust it apart and everything. And all it did was, um, make the eye smaller which intensified the storm so when it came in it was so super strong it was was the worst that had hit this area anywhere around here um until katrina yeah until interesting 2005 yeah uh i mean they they didn't drop nuclear bombs on it (laughs) that was tongue that was tongue-in-cheek anyway yeah um yeah but yeah, it's a, no, I would, that was just a funny little thing out there. Well, I don't seriously want us to discuss who would win in a fight. <laughs> I, I, I am going to throw this out there though. And this is just the thought I just had. I consider this tornado, this mega tornado more of a kaiju than Clifford. Just saying. <laughs> I was going to bring that up because I was like, Hey, we've got tornadoes. Why not a giant dog? Who's red. Have you, did you listen to the, oh, by the way, uh, anybody who's listening to this, if you haven't listened to me on the Finding Monster Right podcast, go check out that episode where we talk about Clifford as a uh, energy sucking vampire. Uh (laughs) I guess I have listened to the episode and although you guys made a very articulate case, I'm still not buying it. It was absolutely fun. It was absolutely fun to to be on that podcast with them and to for them to go along with my craziness. Uh, and it's a, it's a shame I couldn't be with you guys to offer my my very well thought out rebuttal. Yeah, yeah, you should have been on the Digby episode. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, is there any other likes or dislikes that we want to talk about before moving on to a special game that we have? Uh, lined up. 
Um, I'm a, well, I think about mine. I'm going to let Lisa go, go first here. I got one thing that just, it's like a little thing that you, you know, how it just kind mm-hmm. of pricks at you and it just gnaws at you. Mm-hmm. Joe has this little backpack. I mean, it's not even full. You can see it. It's little. It's thin. And she what goes and takes a shower twice, changes her clothes. Every time she comes out with a white shirt, T-shirt thing on, and the same color pants. Mm-hmm. Then you got Bill, who wasn't even supposed to be out there at all. So he was just going to go pick up papers and leave. Melissa, who wasn't going to be out there at all, but just riding with him. They end up, Bill takes a shower twice and changes clothes. Where did he get clothes from? Melissa takes a shower once and changes clothes at the drive-in and has different clothes on. Where is she getting clothes? I like, think, didn't someone throw her some clothes, though? Didn't someone, I, like, throw? I didn't see anybody. I or didn't did they? see that. I'm just assuming there was clothes in the back of the truck. I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's it's one of those things of, like, in movies, you'll see people standing out in the rain, and then the very next scene, they're just dry for yeah. no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just like, you know, yeah, it's one of those movie movie logic things. Um, I would have... I would love to know how many times they had to practice that jumping from the truck without somebody getting run over, pushing against those corn cobs. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't that the scene that I think I was reading in the trivia where um, Helen Hunt did get injured doing that? Because when she went to get out, the the door flew like got pushed yeah. back onto her leg and it actually injured her leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I thought, it was her ri- I thought it was her wrist, but it could have been her leg, too. No, nah, yeah, I don't know. I, I was just reading the trivia on uh okay, on, on IMDb. One, so. But uh yeah, I love Joe's sunglasses. I know it's it's such a weird thing, but I really love her little sunglasses. Every <laughs> <laughs> time when Bill goes in there, you know, goes out the back to turn that one on, he's gotta reach all the way around behind it and do all this stuff and on both sides it takes him forever to get that one up and going, the one Dorothy. And then when she's back there and she goes, Okay, whoop, 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 whoop four buttons that's okay it's up <laughs> yeah yeah again movie logic <laughs> right. movie logic okay one other question why if you go to a drive-in oh no 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 we're not going to bring that up on this <laughs> no got, come on no no let her young, let her no let her bring it up let her bring it up travis let her bring it up no she is your mother listen to your mother go ahead lisa if you're going to a drive-in with your date, mm-hmm. okay, why would you spend money for a motel room next door when you already got the truck or vehicle you're in? I mean, so I don't understand the point of the motel right now. Well, door. okay. So speaking from experience, sometimes seat buck, sometimes seat belt buckles and truck beds they don't they're they're not the most comfortable to sleep on. Just say it. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's, so my mom wants to do a special game for us uh, before we get into our final thoughts and our Godzuki scores. So uh, you wanted to give some trivia questions to us to see how well we paid attention or how well we know our <laughs> twister. Uh, so, so uh, take it away, mom. We're going to, me and Michael's going to play against each other. Okay. Uh, see who right. knows Twister more. 
Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Let's go for it. Number one. What was Joe's last name? Harding. Harding. Okay. Um, which member of Joe's team was scared of the Twisters? Oh, um, it was the guy from Lost. No, looking it Joe, up. <laughs> Joey. Joey. Was his name Joey? No, no. Lawrence. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> um, what does the crew use to give Dorothy's sensors extra lift? Oh, the Pepsi. Uh, the, yeah, the, the Pepsi Cola things. Yeah. Um, which storm chaser from Joe's crew wants to get struck by lightning to, you know, see what it's like? Oh, that was, um, maybe that was Joey. Yes. Oh, was it Joey? I yes. thought his name was Eddie. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Eddie's no, the I think, other that, I think that was Joey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eddie's the other guy. Yeah. It's a curly haired guy. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, what was the name of Dusty's pamper? Oh, oh, oh God. Um, Barn burner. Yes. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Daggone it. Ha. I noticed that when I was watching, I was like, oh, I didn't realize that it was, uh, it had a name actually painted <laughs> on it. I was watching that last night and I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. Okay. Um, right before the twister hit Aunt Meg, um, Aunt Meg's house, she was watching a movie. Do you know what the name of that movie was? I oh, do. shoot. Um, I do. Crap. <laughs> Go, Travis. I don't know. Was it uh, a Star is Born? Yes. <laughs> of course. The, the old version. Yes. You'll get this one easy. But um, who says the days of sniffing the dirt are over? Oh, that was Jonas. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Knew that one. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about um, uh, Bill's magic um, weather powers. <laughs> <laughs> Where he could just sniff the dirt and tell which well, way the was, storm's gonna go. Well, it was only used once. And I think it was only put in there because of that one line at the gas station and they had to do something with it, so he picked up no, some dirt. I, I will say as much as like I make fun of it, you know, his magic uh magic weather sensing powers, he it does actually play a part throughout the whole movie. Because every time they're chasing the tornado, he'll say, oh, it's going to shift over here. It's going to go over here. And they're That's like, are crazy. you sure? And he's like, yes, trust me. And so, yeah, there's a few times where he's like, he knows ahead of time where it's going to go and what it's going to do. Yes, he's the, just, he's, he's the storm whisperer. Yeah, I just love his magic, magic weather sensing powers. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, number eight. The second twister that they saw. Um, that they chase split into two. What is the term that Joe and Bill used to describe this phenomenon? Sisters. Yes. I knew that one. Um, Melissa is a therapist and is counseling a couple during the first half of the movie. What are their names? Oh, she says oh God. Um, uh, Harriet is one of them? No. no. Uh, Joanne? No. I know it was the conversation. It was the conversation about the penis, and then, um, oh God, I don't know. Ke no, uh, 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 Keith. No, uh, I don't know. Okay, it's Donald and Julia. Oh, uh, okay. Oh um, yeah, Donald. Uh, yeah, Donald's the one. Oh that, yeah. yeah, Donald. She doesn't want. She she didn't marry you for your penis, Donald. Yeah. Okay. She didn't marry you only for yeah. Your Oh, no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> no, I mean she says it both ways, yeah. but I just I thought that was funny that she. <laughs> um, what is Aunt Meg's dog's name? Toby. Oh yeah. Ah. Nope. Uh, it starts with an S, doesn't it? Nope. I Toby. thought it was Toby. 
Chester? No. Toby Dang. was her dog when she was a baby. Oh, that's right. Toby uh, was the one that she, yeah, Toby. Yeah, Toby was, yeah, Toby was the little spaniel uh, or the Toby. shih tzu, whatever it was. Toby uh, almost got carrier. sucked off by the tornado. <laughs> I don't remember the dog's name. I'm sorry. Moe's. Moe's. Oh yeah, because yeah, the off the office most yeah. He's scared or he's kind of shaking up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. According to um, Jason or Preacher, he like likened the F five to what? The God's finger. God? Yeah. Okay. Finger I was of God. Give you choices, but y'all got it. Yeah, anyway. I have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> finger okay. of God. Um, the original design of the Dorothy instrument was meant to create a more advanced warning signal for um, oncoming tornadoes. What was the um, target aim for their their time? 15 minutes. It's going to increase it from 5 to 15. No, not from 5 to 15. No, it was 5. It was, it was, it was increasing it from 5 to 30 minutes. No, it was 3 to 15. Oh, 3 to 15. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, whatever. I still got it right because you asked what, yeah. what the target was, and yeah. it was 15. Okay. Whatever. Now, what was the yeah. name? <laughs> what was the name of the drive-in where the tornado um, hit? Oh, Galaxy. Yeah. Because <laughs> the big, the big uh, sign, sign, sign yeah, yeah comes down and stuff, and and on the ride at Universal. That is a thing that is one of the props that you that they do in that experience thing there yeah. is the galaxy drive in uh sign comes down in the tanker truck and the tanker truck, yeah, yeah, yep. And what, um, who um did the music for Oklahoma? Who wrote the music for Oklahoma? Who wrote the music yeah, for Oklahoma? Music for oh, Oklahoma. god, uh, uh Rogers and Hammerstein. <laughs> But that has nothing to do with Twister. What in the world? They were singing it in it. Oh, yeah. yeah they were but singing that, but, but, that, but It's the same. It, it works, Travis. Don't argue with your mother. It has nothing to do with Twister. I mean, it, I got the it, answer right, so I shouldn't be arguing. But don't still, it has nothing to do with, with Twister. Don't argue with your mother, Travis. Totally the theme of this episode is don't argue with your mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. That was good. That was good. I think uh, who who won? Who do you think, Michael? Uh, I'm going to assume I won because I win all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's a sore loser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you accused me of cheating all the time. I, I accused you of cheating once and that's because you did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going, we're not going. There. I'm not, I was not looking at the answers. I was not cheating. Uh, anyway. Um, so let's, let's get, move into our Godzuki scores and our final thoughts. So, uh, for anybody who's not listened to this podcast before, may God help you. Um, <laughs> the, we like to uh, give our score out of five Godzukis instead of five stars because we like to embrace the silly side of giant monster movies, uh, obviously, because we're talking about Twister. And uh, we so we like to use Godzuki, who is Godzilla's bumbling nephew from the 1970s Hanna-Barbera cartoon, as our yardstick for these movies so starting with my mom what is your godzuki score your godzuki score and what are your final thoughts okay um i gave it a four out of five now, four out of five what godzuki thank you, know you. I love <laughs> <laughs> um 
it, it has a lot of nostalgia for me. So I, I really mm. do. Um, that had a lot of play in it for me. But um, I love the way the tornadoes, you know, were characters in it. Um, you, you know, they should have, been, you know, actually had names to, <laughs> to me. They should have named them. But um, I like the way it can go from over 100 miles an hour to there's nothing there anymore, you know, that fast in just a matter of seconds or change their direction, you know, just on a whim. And yes, even though I am a woman, I'm going to say they act just like a woman when she's happy. <laughs> <laughs> just change their mind anytime they want. Characters do keep the story moving. And so, they add the the tug at the heartstrings that um, helps move the move the long the story along. All right, my mom, that everybody, is, that is talking definitely about staying. Tornadoes that definitely on PMS. The, <laughs> that is definitely staying in the podcast. Tornadoes about on PMS. Yes, tornadoes on PMS. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, Michael, what are what's the, your Godzilla or Godzuki score and your final thoughts? You know, I'm like, I'm, I I have to agree with Lisa. When I watched this, I had a, like, it was a nice little throwback to actually watching it when I was younger, because this movie was on all the time on TNT, uh, growing up. Uh, so I've seen this movie a lot. Uh, I haven't watched it in a while since this viewing. It's probably been a couple years since I watched it, but, um, yeah, it was a nice little trip down memory, memory, memory lane. There we go. Words are hard. Um, and honestly, I thought that it held up pretty well uh, after all these years. So um, it's not my favorite of the Hollywood blockbuster genre, but it was still a, a, a well-written, well-executed, uh, I don't know, would you call this a disaster movie or just a thriller? It's a monster movie. Well, what have we been having this conversation about, Michael? <laughs> all right, fine. Uh, <laughs> it is a, a quote-unquote monster movie uh you can't see my square my scarecrow the scarecrow scarecrows jesus scare quotes uh right now audio listener but it is a monster movie um and i can kind of see why people would call this a monster movie um and if it but i will say if it was not for left of center month we probably wouldn't be covering it anyway um but it's a decent movie it's accessible. You can go find it. If you haven't seen it before, go watch it. It's fun. It's got a good story. It's got good characters. Um, so my score is three and a half out of five. Godzookies. All right. Well, my uh, final thoughts are, uh, you know, we and I, I mentioned it earlier, we're constantly having the conversation about whether the human characters in a monster movie matter. And in this particular one, they add a lot to the enjoyment. If it wasn't for the human characters, if it wasn't for their big personalities, this would not be half as fun as what it is. Um, even though with so many characters, it does get a little chaotic and some of them fall by the wayside. It's not a perfect movie. Um, and I think it's, I, I again think it's really fascinating that the tornadoes are the most memorable part of this movie, but the practical effects and the debris and wind and everything that's going on as far as the practical effects is top notch. I think that if you are a fan of 
practical effects, this is a great film to watch because you get to see how they integrate the practical effects into this with the CGI in the background, you know, looming over the characters. Uh, but yeah, it's just a fun adrenaline ride. It's got memorable characters, memorable lines. You can quote them. And yeah, it's just all around a fun movie to watch. And so I give it four out of five. Godzookies! Uh, so yeah, that's our that's our uh, discussion about Twister, and this episode actually brings a close to. Wait, no, it doesn't. We still no, got one more. Never mind. No, we've got, Never mind. No. Strike that. Strike that from the record. We've got one more. We've got one more. I want, I want you. I want you all to forget that you even heard that because we've got one more. Okay. Uh, so are we ready to move into the next segment of the show? We are, but I was just there. Uh, never mind. Forget it. What? Forget it. What? I was going to ask what? you a question. I was going to ask you. No, forget it. It's not important. What? What? It's what? not important. It's not oh. important, Travis. No, it's not important. Okay. You can always throw it out later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. Um, so uh, moving into the next segment, do you know what the segment, the next segment is called? It's the mailbag. The mailbag. What's in the mail today? And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can send us a tweet at kaijuweekly. Uh, our, mail our mailbag is always open and you can always send us messages. And uh, yeah, we always love to hear from you guys. And we have a letter from Chris Degelman, uh, who is our one of our favorite listeners, who is... Uh, who who uh he's the one that started his own german monster podcast yes, right our friend, yeah, yeah. yeah our friend from germany yes yeah so uh chris says hi michael and travis i would like to piggyback on the questions which has led to your big discussion if jurassic park is a giant monster movie this was oh, when we this was when we had kim <laughs> on the podcast and we completely ignored kim for about 30 minutes and argued about whether it jurassic wasn't park 30 was. it was more like five or ten but okay go ahead it felt like 30 minutes um <laughs> To her, maybe. Yeah, to her. Uh, he says, that was very entertaining. That kept me thinking. How much of a movie, uh, how much of a movie's focus must be put on a giant monster to categorize it as a giant monster movie? Many mm. folks would claim that Atragon is a giant monster movie, but Manda, or Manda, uh, isn't really a big part of the story. In fact, he's only in it two minutes of the whole movie. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, we've got stuff like Ghostbusters, which has the Marshmallow Man, uh, who would count as a giant monster, but would anybody say Ghostbusters is a kaiju movie? I wouldn't think you, it is... Wait, hang on. Wouldn't you classify uh, the Marshmallow Man as a... What's the what's the word, the Japanese word for like a ghost or a demon? A kaijin or a kai... No, kaijin um, is more is the more humanoid one. So like like your the ones that you see in Common Rider who that are human sized and mm, they're okay. you know, people with personalities and stuff. That's what kaijin. Well, what is, is. Anyway, I I don't know what the the I mean I know they have their the like kamis and other you know words that they use for for spirits and stuff. So I don't know I don't know. But I anyway, feel like it would be more classified. To, anyway, I'm getting off track. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Uh, he continues, I think it is a very blurry line with no clear answer, but an interesting discussion. P.S. If you ask me, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are monsters, genetic altered, genetically altered prehistoric creatures, which run amok is as much monsters as you can get. Sorry, Michael. Thank you, Chris, for justifying my argument when we were fighting about Jurassic Park. But no, I, I do think that is an interesting question because I think, you know, Atragon does fall under, uh, does fall into people's categories of kaiju movies because there is a kaiju in it, even mm -hmm. though the kaiju is only in it for like two minutes. But then movies like you said, like he said, Ghostbusters and other things where the monster is actually in it way more often. And, and even with Twister, like we're talking about today, there's there's, you know, monsters and stuff. It feels like a monster movie. So would we classify it as a monster movie? And should Atragon be classified as a monster movie? That's an interesting question, especially with especially bringing up uh, Atragon, because you're right. Manda, Manda, whatever, however you say it uh is not in the movie very much. It's I think I think it's only in the movie, maybe five minutes. Um, and the rest of the movie is focused on, uh, uh, and, you know, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Gotango. And, um, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one because I know a lot of folks classify. I know a lot of people put Atragon on their list of kaiju films, but I'm gonna, I'm almost bold enough to say that it should be removed from their from their kaiju film from like the from the classification of a kaiju film and just placed into the just the general like tokusatsu film realm because right. of because of the lack of monster action in it because you really the title uh doesn't even allude to a giant monster anyway whereas with right. monsters with monster zero uh it has the least amount of uh screen time for Godzilla and the for Godzilla and and those monsters uh in part of the franchise and it's definitely a monster movie mainly because Godzilla is in the title and Godzilla and Rodan and uh, Godzilla Rodan and King Ghidorah are a big plot point in the film. Whereas Manda, you can take or leave that creature from the movie. It really, it really wouldn't changed a whole lot. Um, uh, I also want to add, just uh, going along with that, without Atragon and Monda in Atragon, we wouldn't have had Monda in some of the other movies that we that he's appeared in. This is in. true. And so is it considered a monster movie by default just because of how big of a role the monster plays in other movies in, the, in you know, in Toho's franchise? It's it is a it is a it, like I, I like that um, that Chris said there's not really a clear answer here, but I would like to throw it over to my mom <laughs> because as an outsider, what would you consider a giant monster movie, and what criteria do you think you would have would apply to define something as a giant monster movie? Well, I mean, it'd need to have a giant monster. Yes. But I would say it'd have to be in there for a fair amount of the movie to me to be classified as a giant monster movie because otherwise it would just be a regular movie, you know, maybe introducing this, you know, character or whatever, but not necessarily a giant monster, calling it a giant monster movie. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting because when Michael, when we were when we were talking about movies that we would consider for the podcast, um, you know, just us talking in private, that you brought up a really good criteria, and, and we've kind of ignored it in some some places just for fun. But it's if the monster plays a narrative role in mm-hmm. the movie, right? Because we, you guys, you and Elijah reviewed Altitude fairly recently yes and that monster in that movie plays a huge part in that movie as far as like a threat like it's a looming threat throughout the entire thing even though it actually has come you know spoiler alert for altitude comes to find out it's not even real it's not Mm -hmm. even a real monster so and and i think that's the same thing uh that we're saying because because the conversation we had and i don't know if you remember it michael but the the conversation we had came up because i was asking does twenty thousand leagues under the sea count as a giant monster movie because it has the giant squid and Mm -hmm. while that scene in that movie is very iconic is it the crux of the movie is it like that is that the purpose of the movie is to build to that scene no no, it's not. Yeah, it's really not. And I think Atragon, it, I think you're right. I think Atragon actually falls into that category too, because Manda in that movie does not actually play as like a really serious narrative role. M- Manda is more of a plot device in that movie. Yeah. Uh, but again, I think you brought up a valid point. A lot of people will put this, a lot of people will put Atragon in that category of kaiju film. Because of the role that Manda went on to play in things like Ultra Q and uh, 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 Destroy All Monsters. Destroy All Monsters. Sorry. Yes. Destroy All Monsters. Yeah. And then, like, he would be mentioned later on in, He's in Final Wars. Yeah. He was in Final Wars. He's been in several, like, I guess if you want to count comics as canon. Uh, he's been referenced in several comics. He was in flashbacks in several, I think he was. Uh, I think he was referenced as one of the disaster monsters, quote unquote, the disaster monsters in um, uh, 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 Terror of Mechagodzilla. Um, when it's that scene where K- Katsura is telling her father that Titanosaurus would go on the list of other disaster monsters like King Ghidorah, Manda, and others. And I mean, it is a blurry line because because the the crux of the movie is not Manda. Manda is just there to serve <clears throat> like a a plot point, and that's it. So I don't know if I would necessarily classify Atragon as a kaiju film or a giant monster movie. There just happens to be a giant monster in it, similar to Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Right. Yeah. I, I think I think that the two those two movies really do kind of fit into a similar category of there's a monster in it, but it's not a monster movie because the the crux of the movie, the entire narrative uh, of the movie is not hinged on having this monster in it. Now, it's refresh my memory. Refresh my memory. Was was Manda seen as. Uh, like a looming presence in that movie. Cause I know he was mentioned early in the film when they said, we're going to feed you to the God Manda. And yeah, that was he, it. That was, yeah, that was it. It was just like, they, they, they mentioned him, they showed him. And then later on they released him to attack the Gotengo. And then he was, he went away or they defeated him. And then that was it. So yeah, like I, I it really, yeah, Manda. I, I think like, like we said, I think Manda serves as much of a purpose in 
in Atragon as the giant squid does in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So I think if you are a person who considers 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea as a giant monster movie, you should count Atragon as one. If you're somebody who says, well, 20,000 Leagues doesn't count as a giant monster movie, then Atragon shouldn't either, because I think they both have that same basic, uh, they both serve the same purpose. Yeah, I think it's fair. I, I honestly think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, but I, but I do think I think that is an interesting discussion of of like what counts as a giant monster movie, <clears throat> and I, I think we did come to the consensus of unless we are doing stuff for fun and and just to be silly, when we're considering a movie to review on the podcast, if it's a giant monster movie, we're looking at movies that the the narrative of the movie is built around the idea of a monster of some kind right. like whether you know like that is a key part of the movie whether the monster appears throughout the entire movie is beside the point if the mm -hmm. monster is still a major force in the movie then it should be which is why clifford counts as a giant monster movie <laughs> thank you very much thank you for coming to my ted talk uh <laughs> or should we say your zed talk my zed talk uh so uh anything else you want to add to that no. mom you... yeah pretty much covered that uh uh michael you want to add anything to that no i mean it's 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 a like chris said it's a blurry line like you don't like it's really hard to nail down what really constitutes a giant monster what constitutes a monster movie um and just like what constitute like this argument back and forth of what constitutes a kaiju everybody has their own opinions of what um what classifies as a kaiju some opinions are valid some opinions are not valid clifford uh but you know everyone has their own opinions and they're all they're all entitled to their own opinions no matter how wrong they may be clifford um but yeah that's all i had to say well, one thing we can all agree on is Digby is a giant monster movie. Yes, Digby uh, is the, Digby fights the military. Yes, so he classifies as a giant monster movie. I don't know if it, I don't know if he fought the military. The military tried to blow him up and he uh, just laid there. Potato potato. <laughs> potato potato. Potato potato. Yeah, but uh but thank you so much Chris for sending in that. And again, if anybody wants to send in their letters for mm. us to read out on the podcast, please do that. Uh, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. And you can also do that at, on Twitter at kaijuweekly on Twitter. Uh, and so the only other thing to do before we get close out this episode is to ask the trivia question for next week, which there is none. Yay! Wait, hang on. There isn't? Nope, because we have a very special episode coming up, and I don't want to spoil it here, but we've got a very special thing planned for next episode, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm terrified, because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun, fun, fun. Uh, it's fun because I get to take a week off. Yay! <laughs> oh, wait, is that, does this mean I'm working next week? maybe we'll have to wait and see uh anyway oh, okay. so uh thank you so much mom for being here no problem but uh, it sure ain't me working nope <laughs> nope thank you Tra thank you travis's mom for being on this episode and before i did say her name at the beginning her name is lisa you can call her by her name okay i'm sorry lisa Lisa, thank you, Tra Travis's mom, Lisa, for uh, being on the podcast. Um, and before you go, would you like to tell the fine folks of where they can find you online? 
Um, I am you, only at Gmail. It's M you. You don't. You don't have to. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, will, you don't have to. Cat mom, because I'm his mom. <laughs> yeah, mscatmom9 at gmail.com. If you want to send uh, some some uh, some stories about Travis. <laughs> yeah, if you want to send Ooh. some lovely lovely letters to to my mother to tell her uh, what you thought of her uh, guesting on this podcast, but uh, but no, she uh, yeah, you're not a big social media person you don't really use a lot of facebook mm -hmm. or instagram or anything like that so so uh but we i really i'm glad that you came on because uh this is a lot of fun and i could not have talked about twister without having you on because you would have killed me yep yes i agree <laughs> i agree you you would have had every i would have i would have I would have you. I would agree. You would have every right to do that, Lisa. To kill Look, you. I was already in hot water because I did Tremors. Yes. And didn't invite her on, and she loves the Tremors movies too. Oh. So, the fact that I was going to, we were considering doing Twister. I'm like, okay, I have to get my mom on, or else she's going to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this, maybe this opens the door for other family members of ours to come on the show to laugh at us or with us whichever <laughs> the case may be yeah yeah we'll bring bring a relative to the pod day uh <laughs> every so often um but yeah so we're just going to close out this episode by saying thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends if you want to follow us on twitter we are at kaiju weekly and at kaiju groupie pod that is me and michael on twitter all the links to our social media as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group are listed in the description of this episode. You can send questions, comments, or answers to our trivia questions when we have trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. We also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. If you want to find out more about it, check out the website, kaijuramenmagazine.com. We are busy working on the second issue it will be out by the end of this month uh we're hoping to have it done and completed and out to everyone uh and uh yeah and also if you want to support this podcast if you uh found some nice uh things about this podcast that helped you or made you feel good then you can support this podcast by uh going to patreon.com slash kaiju weekly pod and uh supporting us there and you'll get some nice bonus content including early looks at that magazine that we just talked about because i'm going to be posting uh and have been posting a lot of updates on the magazine on our patreon so you get firsthand look at it yeah we may even post uh, an article preview or two not the yeah. whole article. You don't get the whole article. You have to buy the magazine for that, but maybe a little well, article. Also, yeah. Also people who, um, who support us on the podcast do get access to the magazine, uh, earlier than anybody else. So if you, uh, if you are interested and you want to see the next issue and you want to get it before anybody else does, you can support us at Patreon because that's one of the, the benefits of supporting us at patreon.com slash Kaiju weekly pod. And plus our bonus content, like our clickbait, <clears throat> Uh, our clickbait pod, blah, 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 blah. our clickbait podcast that we're doing that is slowly driving Michael further and further <laughs> off the edge of insanity. Yes, it is contributing to my drinking problem. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So, uh, so yeah. 
Yep. And there's also one more thing they can do, Travis, if they don't want to do all that, but they all, but they still want to support the podcast, they can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. And we promise if you leave us a comment, as long as you make it five stars worth, we will read that feedback on a future episode of the podcast. And what that's going to do is that's going to help put this show in front of other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, just like you, just like Travis, and just like Travis's mom. Uh, it's going to help us grow. It's going to help us do more fun things like have our parents and our friends come on the show and talk about these movies that we love. And it's going to help us uh, get exposure so we can create more awesome content via Patreon and the Kaiju Ramen magazine. Yep. And so to close out this episode, I'm going to say help control the uh, weather population. Have your tornadoes spayed or neutered. Now that is the most unrealistic one we've ever had. How can uh, you, we we've we've really pushed it on some of them though? How can we? Fair. But how to can you noodle? No, how can you noodle noodle a tornado? Noodle? How can you noodle a tornado? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.